he, he, Erdogan, has threatened that if Israel goes into Gaza, that he will invade Israel, which is just another thing on the long list of reasons why Israel shouldn't be going into Gaza. Like, Hamas by itself, combined with the fact that you're trying to fight a guerrilla fighting force in an urban environment, a, a fighting force that operates with tunnels underneath that environment, that alone should say, okay, well, going into Gaza is a bad idea. But Turkey's threatening to invade Israel if Israel goes into Gaza. And I had a, a sort of epiphany. I had, I had an epiphany while watching a video on Turkey's ambitions in the Eastern Mediterranean and the broader consequences uh, of, well, no, not the broader consequences of that, but the epiphany while watching that video was what the broader consequences of a Turkish invasion of Israel would be had he, in the event that he follows through on his threat, in the event that Erdogan follows through on his threat to invade Israel, if Israel invades Gaza, I've had an epiphany because of this video that I was watching on Turkey's ambitions in the Eastern Mediterranean. Like it all, it all just clicked. And so I bring that epiphany to you now for a little bit of speculation. Because it is speculation. Again, we don't we don't know if he's actually going to honor that threat. And we don't know if he's going to do what I will lay out to you. But speculate with me. Like, speculate with me. Now, it, re it remains to be seen, again, if he'll, he'll actually make a move on Israel. But if he does, I've realized that a lot could come from that. And I, I, I mean beyond Israel-Palestine. Because, again, we're looking at the eastern Mediterranean here, not the Middle East. We're looking at Turkey's ambitions and Turkey's interests and how the conflict in Israel-Palestine and the players involved, specifically the United States and Russia, and to a lesser extent, but an important extent, Iran as well, might enable the Turks to shift focus not on Israel-Palestine itself, but to actually broaden the scope of the war into the Mediterranean. How do we get there? Well... For the Turkey for the past few years, at least 2020 from what I've observed, for the past few years, they've been trying to assert their claims in the Eastern Mediterranean. They got, they got a deal with Libya to sort of share and extend their exclusive economic zones out to one another, creating this sort of corridor between the, the northeast piece of Li Libya and the one of the southwest pieces of Turkey, and then the, the zones come out and meet each other in the middle. A whole bunch of countries, namely Greece, disagree with that because it cuts through their zone. Uh, Israel doesn't like it because they, you know, they they just don't like Turkey's claims in the region at all, and they don't want anything validating them. And Egypt has sort of been a soft ally in that coalition as well. But Turkey has been making moves, at least since 2020, to assert their claims in the Eastern Mediterranean. Primarily, uh, again, and this is what makes the Eastern Mediterranean such a hot spot for so many countries. They want to assert these claims to acquire the natural gas resources that lay beneath the, this specific patch of the sea. Because there's a lot of natural gas in the Eastern Mediterranean. Israel knows about it. Gaza knows about it. In fact, some say that uh, the natural gas discovered in Gaza's e economic zone is one of the reasons why Israel... And, the, well, specifically the United States is involved in the Israel-Palestine war, so they can't develop their resources. 
which might be true, might not be. Because if Gaza did start developing those resources, well, they could be energy independent. They actually, I mean, there's only what? Two and a half million people in Gaza. Gaza, at least that part of Palestine could be energy independent if they got their hands on those resources. And depending on how much was in their own zone, all of Palestine could have cheap energy. Could come and it would make them completely invulnerable to the types of sieges of energy and fuel resources that Israel's putting Palestine under right now. That would undermine the power balance between Israel and Palestine to such a degree that Israel couldn't do what they're doing right now to Palestine. So there, there's a lot of energy resources in the Eastern Mediterranean. Turkey wants to get their hands on some, but the problem for Turkey is that they're sort of hemmed in. Like if you look at a, a map of, well, I would say Europe, but the Mediterranean Sea, you go over to where Turkey, Egypt, Greece are, that patch of water is the Eastern Mediterranean. That's what we're looking at here. Now, if you look, you'll see that Turkey is hemmed in by Cyprus and Greece, specifically the Greek island of Crete. Their exclusive economic zones go outwards, but Turkey is very, very much limited because of a number of other smaller Greek islands. And these islands cut Turkey off from the broader Mediterranean. We're speaking specifically about the Eastern Mediterranean. And Turkey's been trying to get around that. For, uh, again, at least since 2020, when they sent that, um, that tanker out. Uh, it was meant to go out and start sort of drilling operations on a specific patch of natural gas and they were stopped when the french navy came in and forced them to retreat uh, i thought that that situation that was very very peculiar that that happened and that turkey would even risk doing that and i thought it was very peculiar that the french of all people stopped them from doing so but i don't think turkey has given up on these ambitions I, as a matter of fact i know that they haven't so, given that they haven't given up on those ambitions, how do they achieve them? I think that the conflict in Israel-Palestine might present Turkey with an opportunity to do this. And it may, and I again, maybe this is the reason why Erdogan is so hawkish on Israel. Because worst case scenario, he's siding with all of the Middle East and he gets to fight a war against Israel where he doesn't have to respect Israel's economic zone. Uh, he, yeah, that might mean a war with the United States, but the United States is extremely weak right now. And I think yeah, either that or the Turks might just take advantage of the promise that Erdogan has already made, the threat, I should say, of intervening in this war. Because if he does follow through on that threat, that opens up this possibility. And this possibility is that they go for the gold and try to acquire the natural resources, the natural gas resources in the Eastern Mediterranean. Now, again, Cyprus and Greece, uh, specifically the island of Crete, cut Turkey off from the wider Mediterranean because there's a big patch of just blue and then there's these two islands and then there's Turkey. They cut Turkey off from the Eastern Mediterranean and limit Turkey's exclusive economic zone 
because everyone's entitled to like uh, a few miles in this or that direction. And but if your zone cuts into if your zone heads towards someone else's country, well, you and that country have to share the space between you. So that really limits Turkey's EEZ, their exclusive economic zone. But Greece and Cyprus have coastal frontage facing the south, uh, where there's no other countries until you literally get to Egypt, Libya, and, and then you start having to share. Meaning that their zones are extended out to nearly their fullest extent allotted by the UN Convention on the Law of Sea, uh, or UNCLOS for short. Whereas Turkey's is cut short uh, along the entire line. But why do I bring all this up? Well, going back to a war between Turkey and Israel, and how that might also mean a war between Turkey and the United States. If that comes to pass, if Turkey actually does follow through on this threat to invade Israel, that might mean a war, or at the bare minimum, a state of conflict existing between the United States and Turkey. Because the United States says, says we're gonna if we're gonna go all in on, against Iran, well, why wouldn't we go all in against Turkey as well? If Turkey's and Iran, if Turkey's gonna be an ally of Iran in the fight against Israel, well, you've backed yourself into that corner. Now you have to fight the Turks too. If Turkey follows through on this, so you might have a war or a state of conflict between the U.S. and Turkey, and if. Turkey and the U.S. are at war or in a state of conflict, because, again, who knows how this exactly this is going to go down. You know, we don't like declaring wars anymore. We like to just bomb you and hope that you do what we say. But if this state of conflict exists between the U.S. and Turkey, in that environment, Cyprus becomes a liability for Turkey. Because Cyprus, like Greece and all the NATO, are U.S. allies. Now, Specifically in terms of acquiring these natural gas resources, Cyprus would want would be the first target here. You're not going to go after fucking Bulgaria or Greece, especially if Bulgaria or Greece choose not to join the war. Especially considering that this is a war caused by our security guarantee for Israel, not because a, a NATO ally was attacked. Plus, Turkey is a NATO country, so it... it I don't even know how that would go down. <laughs> I really don't. If a NATO country attacks another NATO country, does that mean all the other NATO countries come in? Duh. If you attack a NATO ally, your NATO ally, do you get called in to defend the ally that you just attacked? Who knows? But Cyprus in that environment would be a liability for Turkey. Because Turkey, uh, well, Cyprus, I should say, would effectively be an unsinkable aircraft carrier for the United States and a safe haven for U.S. air and naval power and and a safe base for them to operate out of against Turkey, meaning that Turkey has a military and an economic incentive to attack Cyprus and potentially Crete as well, but just looking at Cyprus where the island is split in two because there's, there's not just Cyprus, like Cyprus, Cyprus. There's also Northern Cyprus. Now, for those who don't know, uh, a long time ago, Turkey basically invaded the island, uh, and now there's 
to Cyprus. Uh, so there, what, what's the official name of it? The, the Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus. Because I, I couldn't remember if it was the Islamic Republic or the Turkish Republic, but it, the Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus. And it has about half, about a third of the island, the northern parts. But the northern parts doesn't help Turkey acquire exclusive economic zones going south into the wider Mediterranean. But the fact that that northern Cyprus exists means that Turkey already has a beachhead and a foothold on the island of Cyprus. If they catch Cyprus off guard, because Cyprus may or may not believe that the Turks would target them if Turkey is going in, in a war against Israel, even if Turkey ends up at war with the United States, Cyprus may or may not believe that Turkey would attack them, meaning that you have the element of surprise. And not that the Cypriot military is any force to be reckoned with, whereas the Turks is. And Turkey does have a very decent-sized navy. Yes, actually, I'll, I'll look it up now if I can. Uh, yeah. They have an advantage here. Because they, they don't need to come in with an amphibious assault like they would for Crete or any number of other Greek islands if they chose to do that. With Cyprus, they are, they're already there. They're already there. So they could literally just walk across the border, catch Cyprus off guard, and then it's wraps for Cyprus. It's wraps for, for Cyprus. And we would not be able to deploy troops fast enough to stop them from doing that. Like, we're, we're struggling to get troops of any meaningful size to Israel. How are we gonna? How are we gonna defend Cyprus? How are we gonna defend Cyprus? Like, sure, we have a carrier battle group there. But if we actually end up at war with Iran, well, those ships may have to fall back further to the the west of the Mediterranean, so they stay out of the range of Iran's theater ballistic missile. These sort of intermediate range ballistic missiles that have like a range of twelve hundred miles. And if the Russians come into this conflict as well, threatening to hit us with those hypersonic missiles, well, then we'd have even more incentive to fall back. And we, you heard that, um, well, we covered the interview that Tucker Carlson did with Douglas McGregor. And in that interview, McGregor says that we would, in order for our ships to be safe, a safe operating distance would be for them to be to the west and the north of Sicily, the, the big triangle-shaped island on the south of Italy. But if our Navy is way over there to avoid getting hit by these missiles, both from Russia and Iran, but, and potentially even Turkey, then that leaves the Eastern Mediterranean completely devoid of any naval power or, or any number of ships that could actually stop Turkey from carrying out an attack on Cyprus and nothing to stop them from establishing drilling platforms on various natural gas deposits because if they're at war with israel they're not going to respect israel's e exclusive economic zone they're going to go plop down a, a drilling platform or two or five and they're just gonna have to live with it they're just gonna have to live with it they might attack cyprus through the turkish republic of northern cyprus which is itself a de facto piece of turkey 
and fully conquer the island. So, an island that hasn't been under Turkish control for over a hundred years. It hasn't been under Turkish control since the days of the Ottoman Empire, when they conquered it the first time. And I think that the Russia-Iran picture here with the, the hypersonic missiles from Russia, the ballistic missiles from Iran, are the re, the a very, very major factor in this. Because the U.S. Navy, if we, if we do follow through on this incredibly stupid idea of fighting a war with Iran, and I think that that's sort of the precondition for Turkey going in, I don't think they're going to go in by themselves. I think they'll come in with Iran and perhaps a number of other entities, such as Hezbollah. And even Jordan, because uh, Jordan has also threatened a war against Israel if they attack Gaza. So Turkey would be a part of a coalition in that regards. A coalition, in, most importantly, that coalition would include Iran, meaning those missiles would be at play. But if Turkey ends up in a state of conflict with the United States because Turkey attacks Israel, well, then that opens up the southern flank for Russia. Because while Turkey is a part of NATO, they can say, hey, don't fly over our airspace. We don't, we don't want you to do that. And as an ally, we have to respect them when they say that. But if we're at war, well, we can and will fly planes over Turkey. Russia doesn't want that. That opens up their southern flank. So now you may end up with potentially, and this is this is even more speculative than what I'm going into right now, you may get into a, a state of conflict with Russia. Or the Russians give us the, the Korean War treatment where they have... Uh, their pilots and their planes operating with Turkish flags on them, uh, shooting us down. Uh, and we're, we're just going to have to sit there and take that loss. Otherwise, we end up at, with an actual war against Russia, which they don't want. They're, they're not, they don't have enough balls to do that. And, well, or perhaps I should say they have enough brains. They don't have enough balls to do that, but they do have enough brains to say no to that. As much as they would like to fight Russia. They don't want to do it directly. The Russia-Iran angle here, with the missiles that they have in play, will drive the U.S. Navy east, well, to the west and to the north of Sicily, aka basically into the western half of the Mediterranean, out of the east, which leaves the eastern Mediterranean completely open for Turkey to do what they want. So. When Turkey, if Turkey comes in against Israel, and if we follow through on our own promise to defend Israel against any attacker, and we basically fight a war against the entire coalition, because I think Turkey's going to come in with a coalition, not by themselves, then that would mean that the entire Middle East, and at that point, the Egyptians might even have to get in on the fund as well, at that point, nothing is safe for us because now you're talking planes and missiles from Turkey, Iran, Russia, Jordan, and potentially even Egypt being fired at you. And Turkey and Iran together have the missiles to threaten any position we have in the Eastern Mediterranean. Egypt would just seal the deal and we'd have no choice but to stay to the West and the North of Sicily. But if our Navy is to the west and north of Sicily, our carrier battle groups, there is no, no US Navy protecting Israel's coastline. Meaning you could actually get coastal raids 
and coastal bombardments from various naval vessels in the Turkish Navy bombing Israel's coastline. But more importantly for this, for Turkey anyway, nothing would stop them from taking Cyprus, maybe Crete. I don't know if they would. I don't know if they would. I can't rule it out. I, I really don't know what the Turks are actually going to follow through on. But I wouldn't underestimate the possibility that they do that because there was also a point in time when Greece, uh, Crete included, was a part of Turkey. And Turkey really doesn't appreciate all of Greece's little islands that they have uh, conflicting with Turkey's uh, claims in the Mediterranean. So there's a possibility that they go for Crete if this scenario uh, comes down. But they will go for Cyprus. And if they take Cyprus, then that means that all of Cyprus's exclusive economic zone becomes Turkey's exclusive economic zone. And that whole entire area uh, between Turkey all the way down to the, the southern barrier of Cyprus's exclusive economic zone becomes a, a Turkish lake. Meaning that Turkey would now have, uh, in the form of a conquered Cyprus, a legal basis for saying that all of that is now their EEZ, exclusive economic zone. And with no US Navy there to stop them, and I don't think the French are going to ride to the rescue here either, Turkey will have the safety and the security to deploy troops and equipment to Cyprus to consolidate their gains, uh, as well as for the conquest of the island. But again, Cyprus is in the goal. It's the natural gas of the Eastern Mediterranean. So with Cyprus down, they have the legal basis for the post-war to claim that everything that they've taken is rightfully theirs. But with the U.S. Navy out of the way, with the French Navy out of the picture, and them being the, the de facto dominant naval power from that point onwards, they, with no opposition, can now start to set up drilling platforms in various parts of the Eastern Mediterranean, and no one's going to stop them this time. So truthfully, they could go in and violate Greece's EEZ if they wanted to. And they could come in, set up drilling platforms everywhere. No one's going to be able to stop them. And no one who can is going to be willing to. No one within the coalition is going to stop them. Iran doesn't have coastline in the Mediterranean. Uh, Lebanon and Syria don't have a navy. Arabia doesn't have a, 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 a they don't have coastal frontage in the Mediterranean. Egypt may or may not, uh, probably may not. Gaza doesn't, <laughs> Palestine doesn't have a navy. What navy Israel does have isn't going to cut it against the Turkish navy. And the Russians, while they do have a navy, they're sort of preoccupied right now. They're not going. They're not going to get into a fight with the Turks at this moment in time. That leaves Greece, France, the United States, and maybe Italy. And three out of those four aren't going to sail their navy into the Eastern Mediterranean with the kind of threats being posed to them by the Russian hypersonic missiles and the Iranian and Turkish and potentially Egyptian ballistic missiles. They're not going to do that. So the Turks will have a perfect opportunity to establish new realities in the form of drilling platforms beyond their actual exclusive economic zone, even with a captured Cyprus. Establishing all these drilling platforms to extract natural gas from all the major deposits there. And then 
when the war is over, because the war will come to an end, even if they do not secure recognition of those platforms and of their claims as legitimate, they don't need to once they've established the platforms. Once, once you've built the platforms, once you have them in place, the only way you can get rid of them, the only way anyone else can get rid of them is if they fight a war with Turkey, which no one after this war is going to be willing to do. No one. So even if no one, so once the hostilities were concluded, Turkey will have an expanded EEZ if they go in on Cyprus. They will have new drilling platforms set up and under construction. And those are just going to be new realities. No one who is going to be able to stop them. No one's going to be able to stop them. Everyone who can won't. Because they're not going to be eager to start a war with Turkey after losing in the Middle East. And none of the Middle Eastern powers are going to be very incentivized to stop the Turks either. So the people will just have to live with it. Even if no one else recognizes these uh, these drilling operations or Turkey's new claims to parts of the Mediterranean, even if no one recognizes them as legitimate, once they establish these facts on the ground, it doesn't matter. They will literally take a, book, a page out of China's book and create uh, static platforms on the in the seas and then militarize them. And, well, you can't do anything about it now. They, they belong to Turkey. Their blue homeland is what they call the Mediterranean. So they have a number of incentives, both ideological, economic, and military, to do this, which is why I'm even speculating on this in the first place. And I think that the conditions going on in the Israel-Palestine war might enable them to follow through on this. It might enable them to do this. And it would be completely unexpected. They'd have 100% surprise, meaning that they could actually pull this off. And there wouldn't be much that anyone could do to stop them. They'd have all the major powers in the Middle East on their side, Russia be on their side. And the other powers that could stop them, France, United States, will be too busy keeping their navies out of the range of Iranian and Russian missiles, and Turkish missiles for that matter. Something uh, Turkey would gain natural gas resources, the likes of which that could make Turkey energy independent. It could allow Turkey to achieve energy independence. And in the event that they did that, or, or even became an energy exporter of natural gas to Europe, Africa, the Middle East, and even Central Asia, the power dynamic between Turkey and Russia would sort of flip. Because right now, it's they're going to get gas from Russia, meaning, and in exchange, they get to be the gas hub for Russia to export their natural gas out to the wider world. And they get to charge the transit fees. But if Turkey has its own energy production, they have options. They don't necessarily have to... Uh, whatever leverage that the Russians could have over supplying Turkey with that energy, they may or may not lose depending on if the Turks choose to just export their excess, 100% of what they produce, or if they decide to build pipelines for these gas deposits that go back to Turkey. And now 
you have energy independence and you can start to export and you don't need to consume what the Russians are sending you. So you can just charge the fee for Russian gas moving through Turkey. Russia would need Turkey, not the other way around because Turkey would have its own natural gas. It would, that kind of dynamic, that kind of energy production and that kind of dominance over the Eastern Mediterranean, especially in a military and an economic sense, once they start setting up pipelines, which the Russians may help them build, quite frankly, once they have that, Turkey would have, uh, they would have the means to evolve. They would have all the necessary ingredients to evolve from being a, a, a major regional power to being back on the list of great powers again. Something that they haven't had since the days of the Ottoman Empire. That, while it is very speculative, I see a path for that to happen. So, but you know, speculation, it's the fun part of geopolitics. So we'll see if this actually comes to pass, but I did want to just dump my thoughts onto you for this uh, segment at the very end. But that, my lovely listeners, is all I've got for you today. I do hope you've enjoyed today's broadcast on my geopolitical podcast. Ah, The world is changing, but we are going to have fun watching that change together. Now, I've been your host, Haishan Wade, and you've been listening to This Week in Geopolitics. So till we meet again next Monday, servus. This segment was taken from my podcast, This Week in Geopolitics. I have new episodes every Monday, so if you like what you heard consider giving me a follow. Thanks for listening, and hopefully I'll see you next time. Servus.